0: Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Hi, Thomas.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing the good. I'm doing as good as I can do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After a long day of work? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm pretty drowsy, but uh, I think I'll be able to brave it.
0: Oh, good. Well, I usually have author guests who get super excited when they start talking about their books, so... I'm guessing that's the case with you as well. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. So let's just jump right in and tell us about and I'm guessing from what's behind you for our listeners we have some very cool posters but I'm guessing you're a little bit sci-fi, right?
1: Uh yeah. Uh my series is um Versatile Layer. It's a uh it's a space opera sci-fi series. Um started, started writing it back in um 2017. Okay. Uh yeah, how
0: many just, books do you
1: have in the series? I have nine books so far.
0: Nine? Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I, I,
1: I, um, the, the series is complete, like from beginning to end, everything done. I got through it pretty quick because I had a, uh, I had a pretty clear vision in mind for what I wanted the series to be and like the themes and everything. Um, so yeah, like I had a clear vision of what the end was going to be. And it was just, how do you get to, how do you get there? um so yeah uh, originally the the uh the series was supposed to be three books but then as you know you know what happens as you start writing it new <laughs> characters get introduced new subplots start to form and it kind of just grew out on its own
0: very cool yeah my books tend to do that as well so i but right. i've not written a nine book series i have <laughs> to say that um oh
1: uh, what's the name of your book
0: so i have several series i have i started writing romance and then jump hop to fantasy and so i have like a witch vampire series and my most recent is fey so i'm all about the fairies now so a little okay. bit different genre but still in that realm of entertaining books for our readers
1: Oh uh, yeah I've been, th- I've been considering like doing a uh doing like a supernatural vampire comedy book but uh having a hard time getting this started <laughs> so I've restarted it a few times because I'm done with the main series now it's like it's kind of everything's up in the air it's like all right what do you do with your time now and that that you are done your passion project you gotta figure out what to do after that right so a few books that I've started and been working on but it's kind of like you start them then start over and you keep working because right now I don't have that clear end goal in mind so it's kind of hard to get started on something
0: so how long did it take you to come up with that, the premise of your book? So tell me the premise of your book first, and then you can tell me how long, like the timeline.
1: Okay, uh, the premise of the book is um, there are Terrans or basically humans that live in, uh, that live in space stations and this uh, the solar system called SecNet. And uh, the, the space stations, they're, uh, they're like, they're spherical. And it's a city on the outside of the sphere and at the center of the sphere is the, uh, it's like the atmosphere, the clouds, the sun. So if you're walking down the street, if you, look, if you look closely enough, you can see the cityscape through the clouds if you look up. So, um, so basically the, uh, there's, a, there's a neighboring planet called Samael where uh, this race of aliens called the Arez live. They're like tall, red-skinned, um, military is mostly female because they have a very low male population. And uh, the humans have been at war with them for hundreds of years. So uh, during the course of the main story, um, a young human male meets a rest female on one of the colonies, and they form a bond together, and they're separated. So the rest of the story goes over the course of about 12 years, where they're going through all these different adventures to meet up again. And along the way, they discover various conspiracies and other things other problems that they have to solve so they end up having to be the the key to stopping the war and bringing about peace
0: oh that's very cool i love those epic romances yeah that, um, that lead you on those amazing adventures yeah so would you consider it to be hard sci-fi or is it more that space opera type genre
1: it's more space opera um know like I introduced cool technology but I'm not gonna give you like a lesson on how it works it's kind of like it's more about the character development and the uh the journey itself rather than hey this is how the laser gun works or this is how space travel works it's kind of like I tell you that is there because it supports it supports the narrative and I give you a I give a you know you give out a set of rules that the world works upon but you know I don't really have to dig into how everything works and with hard sci-fi a lot of times they're like, they really like to dig into like the mechanics of everything.
0: Well, yeah. And they are different readers. they are readers that love yeah. and want to know like how you think everything works and how it's going to work. And they're really based in the science fiction of it could be possible. Right. And then there's, yeah. there's readers like me that are reading The Martian and that are going to skim a couple of paragraphs <laughs> <laughs> get yeah. back to the narrative. Like my husband's an engineer and he read the same book. He was like, this is amazing. You have to read it. And I'm like, okay okay i'm skimming i'm skimming. And <laughs> like can i please watch the movie
1: now <laughs> so yeah so um i took uh i took martial arts for years so um during the fight scenes i'll really get into like the mechanics of what's going on so you know some people might skim that a little bit but mm-hmm. i but um with i think like with with all action scenes you have to set up you have to establish like a goal of the scene or a goal of like each movement in the scene like okay if if a fight's breaking out why is it breaking out and during the course of that fight what's what what do both of the combatants want in that fight so yeah it's like the one the, the villain what the villain wants to uh kill the protagonist tagging this has to get past the villain to get to, to, to get to some other goal and it kind of makes a fight more interesting when there's there's goals involved rather than Sometimes you'll watch a movie and a fight breaks out just because, okay, we need an action scene right now rather than (laughs) the action scene needing to happen to to progress the story further.
0: Well, I may have to read your fight scenes because I have no background in fighting at all. (laughs) And I (laughs) write them every once in a while. I'm like, okay, I think I'm picturing this okay in my head and giving them details, but...
1: Yeah, I take a lot of care to to, to give the reader an idea of what's going on and, and giving them a way to picture what's going on. Right. And actually, uh, the story kind of breaks, breaks into two separate paths. Like the first, the first story is, uh, the characters are Jake Takeda and Adiola umfam And, uh, the first book is both of them. Second book, uh, jumps 10 years and Jake's a soldier at that point going to different battlefields in outer space. And then the third book is, uh, is Adiola's story where she's on her home planet and she's trying to get things going on her side and she's learning like this alien martial arts style called the broken cup that we explain in like in great detail and why it's important for her to learn that and her story keeps progressing on the planet his story progresses in outer space on these different battlefields and at uh, later on in the series they converge and they have to start solving both their both the uh both the problems that are occurring on this separate timelines i love that i love
0: that systems that you've
1: created so are they written in first person or is it
0: third person uh third person
1: third person okay. i have a i have one chapter that's written in first person because uh it's a character describing it's the second book at the very beginning a uh, a third party character who's heard of jake because the first the first the first book you're introduced to jake and he's this nerdy he's this nerdy kid and he's not he's not tough at all but by the second book he's been training for years and you're seeing him through someone else's eyes. Who's like, wow, this guy is such a badass. <laughs> he's such a badass on the battlefield. And he's like idolizing him. And when he finally gets to, and the first chapter is like, you're seeing Jake through his eyes and he's describing the battle and everything. And then the way you meet, he's pretty much let down because Jake's not that person that he's been idolizing all this time. He's just a regular guy who has all of his own faults and uh, I'm out of words.
0: <laughs> That's pretty interesting. So, does Jake become the soldier to be able to be reunited with? This
1: yep, that's guy, his... is, how,
0: is that how you pronounce it? Sorry.
1: Yeah, Uh yeah, he's um, that's that's the majority of it. Like, he becomes a soldier so that he can go out into go out into the galaxy and hopefully see her again. And also, he's he uh, at the beginning of the story, he consider at be, at the end of the first book, he kind of considers himself like a weak person that needs a challenge or he's going to fall back into his old into his old habits and become a person that he doesn't want to be so he puts himself into a situation that's going to force him to grow even if it's even if it's not the right decision he puts himself in that situation so that he's forced to grow and grow beyond his fears and his anxieties
0: that's very cool and do you consider these books adult or are they young adults so could a high school student pick them up and it be okay or is it more adult content
1: um i could. they're uh they're like marvel movies kind of where if you're old enough to watch a marvel movie you're old enough to read the books
0: so that could be 13 plus right (laughs) yeah
1: 13 plus
0: those are my kind of stories
1: yeah it's uh, pg-13 stuff we uh the violence is is not like super violent. like, uh, intestines everywhere. no, it's not <laughs> not that kind of stuff, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's it's marvel level violence. So
0: neat. I, mean, I can definitely picture that from the graphics behind you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those?:
1: Oh, um okay, so this is the cover to the uh, the final book. I'm not sure if you can see it well.
0: Yeah, I can.
1: Uh, the Invisible War. Um, here, this is Adiola.
0: Oh, very cool.
1: Yeah, her trademark curly purple hair. Uh, she's a member of the royal family and uh, she, her and her father are the only ones who have that shade of hair. Like the blood, the blood runs strong in her. Um, this is Jake from the first story back when he's his nerdy little self. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't have any other artwork to show you because i can't i don't have my computer connected
0: that's okay yeah so it's interesting that she is a member of the ruling family so does that limit her or does that give her more opportunities
1: uh the third book is all about that is her uh is her battling her privilege to actually be her own person and uh by the end of that book, she's banished from the family because she's not going to she's not going to abide by the way they want to do things. Like her experience at meeting Jake on the colony and what she went through there, it kind of puts things in focus with for her where she doesn't want to uh, she doesn't want to like she doesn't want to rule over other people. She doesn't want to uh, participate in a uh, in the privilege that she hasn't earned. Like she was just given from being born when she sees that there's other people suffering who don't have her privilege.
0: That's a really cool concept and theme to yeah. talk about. And I can imagine that the humans believe that the aliens are wrong. So Jake and Jake and his not, maybe Jake doesn't believe that he's met her and he's like, these are actually good beings. Um, yeah. But the humans behind him or the people with him think that the aliens are wrong and the aliens that, is with yeah they they, they they hate each the other are evil and they're realizing that hey we're all just beings
1: and yeah yeah like when jake first uh when he first met her he thought she's gonna eat him because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the way he was raised like a res are like these evil beings who will they eat human flesh <laughs> that's like a oh. racist thought they had um and yet uh and the res they hate humans they think they're like these godless beings because uh Humans don't have like a, a a sense they don't have a uh they don't have a religion. They have like uh they they um I'm trying to find a way to explain it. Basically, humans have uh they don't have a concept of God, but they do have a uh they do have a an afterlife that they've created themselves called Shangri La. Basically, there's a device kind of like an iPhone, but it goes on your wrist called a navi where uh, it does everything like a, a smart device does, but it also records your memories, and you can upload them to a this Shangri-La, this uh, server, so that after you die, your your memories are uploaded to the server, and you live, and your memories live on in this afterlife that they uh, created.
0: So they don't believe in souls, though.
1: That's the, that's one big thing. Like Adiola introduces him to the concept of soul. Like she says, like what about your soul? He looks at the bottom of his shoes like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it
0: sounds like there's a lot of humor in these too.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and the uh the Arez, they have a god they believe in called uh named Mars that uh they're really religious about. And um, yeah, there's it's just two cultures that are so different that when they came into contact with each other, they immediately started they, they immediately started to war with each other. And also the arez have uh they have resources on that planet that the humans need because they're really powerful resources that can pretty much uh the humans have more advanced technology but the res have like a power source that puts them on their level so they may they mainly use laser guns because they have a power source to use laser guns if humans had the same like a human size laser gun would like be the size of like a uh like a uh like a cannon they need like cannon-sized things to shoot lasers, where res have the power sources to use like pistol-sized laser guns.
0: And are the res just on this one planet, or are there? And are there different aliens, or just this one set?
1: Uh, it's just this one. I, I kept the universe pretty self, pretty contained. So there could be other things going on outside of this solar system, but as far as they're concerned, these they're the only two races. They're the only two intelligent races in the in the galaxy, because they haven't they haven't been introduced anything larger you know maybe that changes by the end of the last book
0: (laughs) (laughs) a little intrigue there you don't want to give everything away Mm -hmm. so how did you come up with this concept
1: um i don't really remember i just kind of i came up with the idea for the first book and uh it was just a bunch of was just interesting ideas i was having and um after a while, it got to a point where it's like, all right, maybe maybe I should start writing this stuff down because I I personally find it interesting. And, uh, after that, I went over to Fiverr, found somebody to edit. Like I basically wrote down all my thoughts, uh, for the first book and, uh, just started writing out scenes because, you know, a scene will pop in my head and I will write it down. So when I had enough of those, I gave it to an editor on Fiverr, and she basically formatted it into like the proper format because I didn't have it. I didn't have the space correctly. I didn't have it. <laughs> I didn't have anything done correctly. I just had a bunch of pages that I wrote down. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got started. And I still use that same, uh, that same template that she pretty much laid out for me because that's what I really needed. I needed the template of how to write a book. I didn't. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got going. I'm rambling. Well, and so. <laughs> nine years
0: later, that's that's amazing. Did you ever? I, did you grow up writing with a love of writing or reading? Um, or?
1: I grew up drawing my own comic books. Oh,
0: cool.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. And at uh, school, I used to, you know, I used to sit at my desk and I used to draw comic books in like ballpoint pen. And I uh, I did one book like uh, back in back in two thousand ten. It took me like uh, it took me like a year because it takes about an entire day to draw like a comic book page. So when it came to this, I was like, all right, there's no way I can I can do that again. <laughs> plus I can't, I don't plus I really suck at drawing spaceships. So I'll have to write this as a book.
0: So no graphic novels in the future.
1: Uh maybe. If I uh if I can link up with an artist, I would definitely like to do a graphic novel. I'd definitely like to have this be a uh, like a Netflix series or something like that.
0: I was talking to another author about that this morning. He was like, Yeah, somebody told me I just had to be patient. He's like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, well, (laughs) you either do or you don't.
1: Yeah, he's got to sit down and start doing it.
0: Very cool. And what authors do you like to read when you read?
1: Um, I read a lot of comic books. Um, My favorite book is, uh, my favorite novel was uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I love that book. Other than that, uh there's another book, uh Eye Weapon. I forget, I forget the author right now. But uh yeah, I mainly uh mainly came up reading comic book series. So Superhero. my favorite uh, yeah, my favorite uh my favorite writers are like Jim Sterling, uh Clarence Clemont, like different <laughs> comic book writers.
0: Nice. I can tell that you definitely have the scene stuffed down and that they seem like they would be fun and action-packed.
1: <laughs> yeah and uh uh yeah <laughs> I hope we can edit that part out <laughs> that's it's, it's insane, anything.
0: <laughs> i think it makes it real we're real people so yeah. i think that's what your readers want to know you and All right. my readers want to know you as well this is my favorite question to ask authors what do you hope people are going to experience or take away from your book
1: um i hope they uh First off, I hope they're I hope they're entertained. I hope they uh connect with the characters. I hope they um I hope they learn like le- I hope they learn uh you know, learn about lessons like uh Yeah, <laughs> I cannot think right now. Uh, I hope they walk away with like uh with, with something they didn't have when he first sat down to read it. Yeah, well
0: basically. it seems like you have a lot of cool themes in there about Assuming people are a certain way based on what you've heard before, and then realizing that you know you're not so different, and that things aren't always black or white, and that um, it, sometimes it's worth changing yourself or you know fighting yeah, for something you, you believe in to change the status quo. That's that's what I'm yeah. getting from what you said. So I hope those weren't putting words into your mouth.
1: <laughs> you said it a lot better than I did. <laughs>
0: It's late at night. We're going to give you yeah. that.
1: Yep. Thanks. If it had benefited it up.
0: <laughs> and also, we're writers. We're not speakers right? most of the time. So.
1: Yeah. And I'm not a politician. I can write a good politician, but
0: <laughs> I can
1: write a good political speech, but it's hard for me to give one.
0: Well, when you're editing, you're taking out all your ums and sos and ans and what was yeah. I doing? But <laughs>
1: during the day, I'm all ums and ends and whats. <laughs>
0: this has been so fun. So, so 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 so. See how many sos I just had yeah. right there. <laughs> um, and you said you're not really sure what coming. What's coming next?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I have no idea what's coming next. Um, I've been working on a, I've been working on a, uh, a follow up series um got about maybe uh 60 pages of that plus I've been working on like a vampire book got like 20 pages of that (laughs) so I'm bouncing around to a lot of different projects uh I'm bound to land on something sooner or later something's gonna click sooner or later so watch out what's that vampires
0: are vampires are like my I love vampires and I read like everything and I watch all the shows so when I had to write my own vampires it took me a long time to figure out okay what are my vampires going to be like because you don't want them to be exactly the same but then you don't want them to be so different that everybody hates them sort of like the twilight thing so i mean not yeah. everybody not everybody hated those vampires but the really strict vampire loving people were like hmm they sparkle that's not right
1: <laughs> yeah they were like very un <laughs>
0: No, it but, wasn't Anne Rice at all.
1: Yeah, my vampire is gonna be a super asshole, but he's gonna if okay. be the main character, he's gonna be like probably the Larry David of vampires. <laughs>
0: awesome. Oh, that's. Oh, well, sorry. Were you gonna go ahead? No, I, I didn't. Expand
1: think. on that. Uh, no, I, I got nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, tell everyone where we can find you and your book.
1: Uh, you can find all my books. Uh, my, it's called the, uh, the series is called Versatile Layer. Uh, all the books are available on Amazon. And uh, you can find also find links to all my socials in the books on my website, versatile-layer.com. Versatile
0: layer. And so that's L-A-Y-E-R, right? Or L-I-A-R.
1: L-A-Y-E-R.
0: Layer, like layers of the universe.
1: Yeah. Um, like a versatile layer in the in the context of the story is like an exosuit like it's uh it's a suit that augments your your speed your agility and okay. uh because the aliens they have they have they uh they come from a harsh planet so they're faster and stronger than humans so in order to fight them you have to wear an exosuit that gives you puts you on their level
0: okay i'm glad and, you explained that because i i would not i'm not i read some sci-fi but not talented, yeah. so and yeah.
1: the second book is called the glass runner this right here that's actually a picture of the exosuit right there because Jake has gotten so good with an exosuit that he can actually run on planes of glass. They Ooh, explode, okay. they shatter behind him, but he can actually run across like windows and pieces of glass.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy meets X Men meets I don't know what else, but <laughs> it yeah, sounds yeah. super fun.
1: A lot of those vibes, yeah.
0: Okay. So on Amazon and all the social media. Thank you so much for yep. being here, Thomas. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster, Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep finding the magic.